New Year. Welcome to 2019, the year of abundant manifestation. Amen. Proverbs 4, let's read uh, three verses, verses 10 through 12. But I have that? Okay, let's all read together. Ready, read. Hear my son and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Praise the Lord. Verse 12 again says, when you walk, your steps will not be hindered, and when you run, you will not stumble. Tonight, I want to minister a message to you the Lord gave me to say to you for this year, no more hindrances. No more hindrances. I'm here to announce to you tonight that in your life, there will be no more hindrances. Can you say amen? Amen. Father, thank you tonight for the word we're about to receive. I pray for each hearer that is gathered here. I pray even for those who are hearing and listening online. We ask that God, that Lord, you speak to us, Lord, from heaven. Give us revelation. Give us wisdom. Give us instruction, God. Impart what we need tonight, the things that we need to receive that will help us to break past every barrier, break past every limit, to break past and be, be, uh, be over and beyond every hindrance that has existed in our lives. Thank you that, God, we're running, Lord, into open territory, open fields, open highways, God, into our destiny, into your plan, into your purpose for our lives, so that, God, that, that in this year you'll fulfill your purpose that you've called us to fulfill. Thank you, Father, that your grace works in our lives, mightily. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, take your seats. Praise our Father God. Amen. All right, so no more hindrance. Tell your neighbor, no more hindrances. Tell them there will be no more hindrances in your life. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, we, we closed out uh, 2018. God was teaching us on sonship, right? We, we preached three messages, uh, Jesus Christ, the son of David, Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, both from Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and then uh, last Sunday, this past Sunday, we closed out with Jesus Christ, the son of God from Mark chapter 1, verse 1, right? Yes, and so those messages were designed, uh, sent by God to talk to us, to reinforce our sonship. So for us to know that we are not just Christians. We're not just church members. We are sons, and I'll add in daughters of God. Right? So we, we belong to God. We're in God's family. We're in God's household. So we talked about heritage. We talked about uh, legacy. We talked about inheritances. We talked about birthrights. Because we, we have to know who we are. We've got to know who we are in, in God. And so... Once you know who we are, who you are, then without, and you got to know that without question. We're sons, if you understand, of David. So we have a royal heritage. We're sons of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3, I believe is verse 26, says, for you are all uh, sons of God through faith. Give me down that. Let me make sure I'm right. Galatians 3, 26. Glory to God. You all with me? They're asleep. Galatians 3. Okay. It's, okay, I'll find it. I can find it. I got, I got this little 
Uh, there it is. For you, in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. All right? So we're all sons of God. We're all sons of Abraham. I believe that's uh, 319, somewhere around there. Y'all help me out. 319. No, y'all got to amplify too. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I just want just regular new, new King James. Well, it's, it's not 19, obviously. Um, verse 9, verse 7, rather. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. All right, so we're sons of David, sons of Abraham, sons of God. So this is about our sonship, our inheritance, our legacy, our heritage, uh, our birthrights. Okay? So once you, you and I know who we are, then we can be who God called us to be. We can have what God called us to have. We can do what God called us to do. Okay? Without that, without a firm understanding of our sonship, none of that can take place. And too, much, too many people in the body of Christ are stuck at being church members, stuck at being Christians. But we've got to know we're sons of God. We're not just natural. You got it? Everybody can, can relate to their son, uh, son of man status. We're, we're you know, born after Abraham, but not many people can relate to their son of God. You know, if you tell anybody in your family, somebody you know, hey, we're, son, we're children of, uh, we're, we're, I'm a son of God just like Jesus. I mean, go that far. I'm a son of God just like Jesus. They'll slap you down and throw you out the house. Right? But we are. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us, that we, that we should be called the sons of God. Has anybody sung that song since Sunday? All right. So we are sons of God. We're sons of God, and we have to know that. We've got to nail that down. I gave you all an assignment. Sing it 30 minutes. Yes, sir. Because that, it's meant to, to reprogram you. It's meant to reprogram you to make you understand who you are. The devil doesn't want you to know that you're the son of God. He, he tried Jesus. Right? If you be the son of God then do so-and-so, Luke chapter 3, if you're the son of God. But Jesus knew he was the son of God, but he wanted to see if Jesus knew who he was. So the devil will try you to see if you know who you are. So we've got to know who we are. Amen? All right, now, so this is going to be 2019, a year of abundant manifestation. And as I shared with you before, we're coming into God's timing now. It's God's time to manifest the things that he's had hidden, the things that he's had planned for us for many generations. It's God's time to manifest his purposes and his plans for our lives. All right? We were praying this this morning, and this came out in prayer, that this will be a historical year. This will be an historical year. I mean that God's going to make history in the body of Christ. And because we're in the body of Christ, he's going to make history in our lives. I mean, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how long you've been on this planet. I don't care what's ever happened before this date. This year is going to be an historical year in your, in your life. You're going to mark this year and know 2019 was the year that changed everything. Glory to God. I wish y'all to receive that today. Glory to God. 
God's ready to birth some things. In fact, you remember, uh, go, back, go back to Isaiah 66. Remember um, at Rosh Hashanah, I taught you on this in Isaiah 66 about this birthing time? Yes. Glory to God. Isaiah 66 and uh, verse 7. Thank you, Lord. Back in September, right? It says, this is God's word through Isaiah. Before she was in labor, talking about God's people, he said she gave birth. Before her pain came, she delivered a male child. That's, 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 that's fast. That's acceleration here. So I talked about how we've entered into a time of accelerated birthing. Okay. It's a birthing time. I don't have time to go into this. I'll probably teach this next week sometime, uh, maybe Sunday here and some of that next week in Frankfurt about, the, again, that number nine, it's birthing. Y'all remember that. I don't have time to go back over that. But look again what it says in verse eight. It says, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? So there are going to be things that are going to manifest that nobody's ever heard about, nobody's ever seen. In fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered the heart of man of things that God has prepared for those who love him. It says, shall the earth be made to give birth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion was in labor, she gave birth to her children. This is quick, fast, and in a hurry. This is without toil. This is without struggle. This is, this is no hindrance in your delivery. Glory to God. He says, shall I bring to the time of birth and not cause delivery, says the Lord? Shall I who cause delivery shut up the womb, says your God? And the answer is no. The answer is no. So we're talking about what God said to us back then was that he's removing. Now, let me go back over again. Verse 7, before she was in labor. Before her pain came, then in verse 8, verse 8, give birth in one day, nation born at once, as soon as Zion's in labor, Zion's the church, she gave birth. So we're talking about a birth with no delay. A birth with no hindrance. Now, anybody among us who's ever delivered a child knows that there is a hindrance, there's a delay, there's some uh, labor time, there's some struggle, there's some toil, there's labor pains. But this doesn't it say here that before her pain came? Y'all got to catch this. So, you know, there's, you know, normally when a woman is about to de de deliver a child, they're going, they're going, she's going to have these contractions and they're going to say, okay, let's measure uh, how, how much time between each contraction. That way we know, you know, how close we are to the delivery and we're going to check to see how, how far the baby has crowned and so forth, all that, whatever you call it. And they're, they're going to check all this, these things because they, they want to see. And, but, but up until then, there's all this, all this pain and, you know, the, the mama, she's squeezing, she's squeezing somebody's hand and she's like, cussing folk out and none of you not y'all but they cussing folk out and they're telling people off and get the doctor in here and get away from me man it's your fault and all that kind of stuff they yell at everybody but the bible says here before her pain came
The thing about that, when that woman goes into that labor, she starts feeling all that contraction, it might still be two hours, four hours, nine hours, 14. I've heard some women say 24 hours they went through that mess. Through that thing. Now, what was, what was in you was ready to come out. But there was a hindrance. There was a, something that you had to get past. You had to break through to bring forth that, that child. But God has said, I'm here to announce to you that he's removing all the hindrance. He's removing all the pain. He's removing the labor. He's saying no more delays and no more hindrance. It's time to bring forth what I put on the inside of you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, I want you to go back to Proverbs, please. Because we're moving to a time now of no more delays. Everybody say, no more delays. Oh, I hate delays. I hate delays. You ever order anything from online, they, don't, they deliver it, they're going to deliver it to you, and you get a, an alert saying, oh, it's been delayed? You ever gonna, been, been flying somewhere? Get to the airport all early on time. You do what you you do all your diligence to be there early. Go through security. You make sure you all you there and ready. You're sitting. All of a sudden, you when as soon as you get to the gate, they announce your flight has been delayed. That just oh my goodness. Nobody likes delays. God doesn't like delays. Glory to God. And God is saying this time now for no more delays, no more hindrances, things that have been holding us up. Now, let's look at this here. Now, before we get into Proverbs 4, I wanted to just bring up something that we went over this morning. In this morning's uh, corporate prayer, uh, we looked at Proverbs 1. Now, many of you, if you're new to this church, you may not know that for many years now, several years, we have made it a, a practice in this church that we read Proverbs together every month. Right? So every day we read the proverb according to the date. Right? So if it's the first of the month, you read the first all the way through the 31st and so forth. And so we start over every month. And how many of you all will admit that at times it's become mundane? At times it's been like, okay, I've done this now, you know, 12 months. I've done this now 12 years. Pastor, let's read Mark together or something. You know, let's, <laughs> let's read Matthew. Let's read Acts together. Let's read Revelation. You know, and yet the Lord keeps saying, read Proverbs every month over and over and over again. And I'm going to admit, I'm going to be right in that same crowd with you to say there are times it's got Monday. There, there are times, believe it or not, days I've missed. Yeah, I've missed some days. Anybody else, you missed some days? Praise the Lord. Anybody miss more than one day in a row? Anybody missed a week? Anybody just start over next? I'm going to start over next month, Pastor. I'm going to start over next month. It's all right. You're in good company. It's a brand new month. Brand new year, brand new day. But Proverbs is so valuable. And the Lord, what he did for us was he reignited our fire this morning. 
Some of y'all were here. You, he had reignited our fire. And he did that by having us look at Proverbs chapter 1. What my family's doing, we're reading Proverbs this month in the Passion Translation. You are too. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. So Proverbs 1, I, wanna, I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 1 from the trans, Passion Translation. It says, here are kingdom revelations. Now, right off the bat, that got me. Because all of a sudden, just those first four words changed the whole book for me. Here are kingdom revelations, words to live by. And watch this. And words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Now, my goodness. When I saw rain in life, you know that jugged right at me. Because for years, my fav- one of my favorite scriptures has been, the scripture that really uh, God used to change my life was when I meditated 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5, verse 17 in the Amplified Bible that talks about us receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. The Amplified says we reign in life as kings through the one Christ Jesus. So it, it made me stop looking at myself as um, don't, be, don't be mad. That's just black. I stopped looking at myself as just, you know, boy from St. Petersburg. I started looking at myself as, wait a minute, I'm supposed to reign as a king in life. And reign as king had nothing to do with my skin color, had nothing to do with your gender, has nothing to do with your uh, educational level. Has nothing to do with what family name you come from. You know, you, you may not come from the Got Rocks. Y'all know the Got Rocks? That's not a real family. May not come from the Rockefellers. But it doesn't matter. If you receive an abundance of grace, and we have, if we receive the gift of righteousness, and we have, we're supposed to reign in life as kings. So then the question is, Jasmine, how do I do that? I'm told, Romans 5, 17, I'm supposed to reign in life as a king, but I need to know how to do that. What does that look like, and how do I do that? Well, all of a sudden this morning, we, we, well, yesterday, but we shared it this morning, we go back and we read Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1, in the passage translation, it says that these words here, this book of Proverbs here, It says these are kingdom revelations, words to live by, and words of wisdom given to empower me to reign in life. So these words then will help me reign in life. So all of a sudden now, Proverbs becomes a little bit more important than it was last month. Wait a minute, I, I I better not skip any days this month. Wait a minute, I better take out quality time and not be reading it while I'm checking the Tampa Bay Times and not be, you know, looking at it while I'm trying to watch the highlights from sports get last night, ESPN and, the, and this at the same time. Now, all of a sudden, this becomes valuable. Now, I've always felt it to be valuable. Chapter 2, we go into, it talks about, uh, you know, I treasure your commands within me. But all of a sudden now I realize, wait a minute, this is more valuable because this is, the, this is the words that are given to me to help me reign in life, to empower me to reign in life. Amen? Amen. So when I saw that, now I said, let me, let's look at this word, 
Proverbs, because they, they had a little note by this word Proverbs. And I know most of us, if you're like me, you never look, looked up the word Proverbs because you said Proverbs is a proverb. It's a proverb. It's a proverb. I don't look up proverb. Proverb is a proverb. It's a, it's a, it's a proverb. It's a saying. It's like a riddle. It's, you know, I have my own intellectual definition and understanding of proverb. But when I looked it up in the Hebrew, I want you to see this. This word proverb, proverbs, comes from this Hebrew word mashal. Mashal. Now, that word mashal, 49.12, means proverb. It means parable. Told you, Pastor. But it comes from 49.10, mashal. Mashal, which is a verb, which means to rule, have dominion, reign. So all of a sudden, now this makes sense that the Proverbs are the words for me that empower me to reign in life. Now, when you see that word, Deacon Robert, Marshall, Deacon Mac, it looks like another word we know in the English language, Marshall. Marshall. This is where the word comes from, Marshall. And anybody who's a fan of old westerns, shows like Gunsmoke, there was a guy on Gunsmoke named Marshall Dillon, Matt Dillon. He was the Marshall. And the marshal's job was to maintain law and order in Dodge City. You didn't come in Dodge City acting any kind of way. You didn't come in Dodge City, you know, acting a fool. You can come and have a good time, but you can't, can't get all out of, all out of, out of sorts now because Marshal Dillon is going to step in and regulate. So the marshal in Dodge City, Marshal Dillon, he had rule, dominion, and he reigned in Dodge City. He was the law in Dodge City. You got it? So then I understand then that these Proverbs, if I let the word of Christ dwell in me richly, now all of a sudden, now the word becomes the marshal of my life. The word becomes the marshal of my life. And then now, because the word is a marshal of my life, I become the marshal of everything around me. So now instead of me being under anything, I'm over everything. Now, instead of me being reigned over, now I reign over, over everything. And now, instead of things ruling over me, I rule over everything else. Got it? Well, how do I do that? It's through these Proverbs. It's through these Proverbs. So, you know, I know, I know everybody has, you know, you have two or three, four, five, six devotionals you read every day. I know y'all do. Y'all got devotional from this and devotional from that, devotional from this ministry, devotional from that ministry, and you're reading all that stuff every day. And you know I'm time for Proverbs. Pastor, I've already read six devotionals. <laughs> you have, you have your, your five, then you have the main one that you're going to post on Instagram. So everybody in the world knows you read something today. <laughs> I'm checking in so everybody know I've been in my word today. But I'm talking beyond that. I'm talking about letting this word dwell in you richly. Digging into the book of Proverbs, the Bible says, if you go back in chapter 1, verse 1, this is the Proverbs from, uh, from King Solomon, the son of David. Well, he's a guy who knows how to reign. He knew how to reign. And so he's teaching us how to reign in life. There's, there's, there's uh, marital advice all in here? Is, is it? So you can master marriage right through Proverbs. 
There's parenting advice in here. Wisdom, I don't want to say advice, wisdom in here. So you can learn how to parent right in Proverbs. People saying, ain't nobody ever written a book on parenting. Yes, it is. God wrote one. It's right there. It's Proverbs. There's business advice. In fact, somebody, if you, if you were to look at Proverbs 1 that, uh, in, in the passage translation, it'll go down in one of those verses, verse 5 or 6, somewhere down there, and it'll say that there's, there's wisdom in there uh, for, what was the word it used? Uh, brilliant, leader, brilliant strategies for leadership. Brilliant strategies for leadership. Verse 5. Brilliant strategies for leadership. Wow. You own your own business, you need some brilliant strategies for leadership. You leading anything in your life, you need some brilliant strategies for leadership. And the Bible says it's all in there. You don't need to go and spend $10,000 to get no Zig Ziglar, Tim Robbins uh, weekend seminar. Let them get all your money to teach you how to be a leader. And God said, I put it all right there in the Bible for free. For free. And people give it. People, people finance $10,000 because it's going to help me get ahead. Everything you need to, need to get ahead is right there. He said not, not just to be a good business owner, but to reign in life. It's right there. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Now, so then everything in this book is designed to help us rule and reign in life. Okay? Now, we, if we're reading it, if we've been looking at the Bible and, we, and we're not reigning yet or we're not seeing manifestation, we've got to find out what then are the hindrances. What's hindering us? Because this is supposed to help us Reign in life. Uh, the Bible says God has already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It says he's already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. In other words, God's already done all these things. So if I'm not manifesting everything, if I'm not ruling and reigning in life, I've got to deal with my hindrances. Y'all got it? All right, now. So let's go back to Proverbs 4 and verse 12. Proverbs 4 and verse 12. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hold your own self accountable. Hold your own self accountable. You miss reading one day, go the next day and read it twice. Read it three times. In other words, uh, uh, it's kind of like punishing yourself. Y'all know what I mean by that? I mean, you're not literally, don't, please don't beat yourself up. I'm talking about, you know, don't be hitting yourself. I'm talking about, you know, it's, it's disciplining your flesh. Bringing our bodies under subjection. Okay? Because here's, here's the answers that we need right there in Proverbs. Glory to God. Health, it's all in there. Healing, it's all in there. In fact, the word says about itself that these words, they are healthy healing all of our flesh. This same chapter we're reading right now, four, yes. down there it says these words are health and healing to all of our flesh. Right. Glory to God. Verse 22 says that, but I'm not reading verse 22, okay? All right, now, Proverbs 4, verse, verse uh, 10. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. Well, we just saw a long life right there. So the key to long life, a key to long life, is hearing and receiving the sayings of the Lord, the sayings that are in this, in this word here, and the years of our lives will be many. He says, I have taught you in what? 
the way of wisdom. I have led you in what? Right. right paths. So the way of wisdom is the right path. Okay? Now watch. When you and I move over to the way of wisdom and follow in the right path, not follow our own path. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. So don't follow our own path. When we follow his path, when we follow his wisdom, and we get that wisdom right out of the word of God and praying in the, in the spirit, we hear, we get God's voice, then something happens. What happens? Verse 12. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. In other words, as you go, there will be no more hindrances. There will be no more delays in your life. Now, I know, I know what you want pastor to do is prophesy. <laughs> you want pastor to pray, and to speak in tongues and then give interpretation of thus said the Lord. Well, I'm giving you thus said the Lord. I'm just not going to speak in tongues. Meditate on my word day and night. So shall you make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. They didn't like that on that side. I'm coming on this side. Meditate on my word day and night that you may be careful to observe and do whatever is written therein and you shall make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. You don't need a convention for that. You don't need another conference for that. What you need to do is get your nose, get your face in the book, get in God's word, meditate it, value that word, and then, and then, and then watch this, and then proverb. Do the word. <laughs> you know, it's a verb. It's an action word, so God is a proverb. Problem is, too many of us are anti-verb. No, proverb. Do what's in the Proverbs. Okay. This is what I'm going to do. That's what y'all want, right? Y'all want me to blow on you and throw some gooba dust on you. Come on, but we're, we're more mature than that, aren't we? I said we're more mature than that, aren't we? Okay, at least we are maturing more than that, aren't we? That I don't need, I don't need a show. See, so many of the gods, people try to live off of, uh, of uh, I heard uh, Apostle uh, Thornton say this years, years ago, uh, Pentecostal miracles. See, and the problem with Pentecostal miracles is that you can't recreate them. You can't, you can't duplicate them. No, I need to learn how to live by faith. I need to learn how to walk this thing out every day. So I need to get in here, get in God's word, and then do what it says. Verse 11, I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. So when I get in the way of wisdom, when I get in the right paths, the Bible says my steps will not be hindered. Now that's a promise. It's a sure that Jesus Christ is coming back. And if I'm tired of being hindered, I'm tired of all these delays in my life, I got to make sure I get on the right path and get in the way of wisdom. Glory to God. Pastor, you got to say something better than that. No, I can't say anything better than what God already said. 
it's the way of wisdom. It's the right path. And he says, when I do that, when I walk, my steps will not be hindered. And when I run, now walking and running is two different things. Run, walking is just you just starting to move. You're just, just getting going. But all of a sudden, as, as, you, as you master this thing, you, 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 you start to move a little bit. You, you, know, you pick up your pace a little bit. Before you know it, you're off and running, right? He says, when you walk, you will not be delayed. You will not be hindered. And when you take off and start running, now you're really moving. Tell your neighbor, you got to walk before you can run. Tell somebody else on the other side, you got to walk before you can run. And many times, God, people are trying to run before they walk. They're trying to jump right in, take off on things that they, they don't even, you don't even have full revelation of. God, why, why come, how come that ain't working for me yet? Because you ain't walked yet. You, you, you're trying to keep up with folk that's running, and you ain't even walked yet. Glory to God. Thing, things that, that my wife and I here in the Derbys talk about, man, they've they been running a long time, longer than us. Glory to God. Things you might hear us talking about, don't, don't be mad at me if you're not there yet. Just start walking. You got to start walking. Before you know it, your walk will turn into a run. You'll be moving like, hey, how you doing? Glory to God. But you got to walk before you run. And, but watch this. The hindrances happen at your walking place. Did y'all catch that? The hindrances show up when you're just getting started. Am I right? Come on, help me out. When you just, when I'm just trying to get my feet wet. I'm just learning, I'm just learning faith, Pastor. I'm, I'm a believe what y'all saying. Y'all saying about, you know, praying in tongues. Y'all saying about getting the word. Talk about tithing. Talk about giving. You talk about all this kind of, talk about forgiving people. I don't want to forgive nobody, but I'm going to start walking. And the moment you start walking, all of a sudden, hindrances show up. Why? Because the devil knows if he lets you walk before you know it, you're going to be running. So he wants to hinder you at the walking level. And most Christians quit at the walking level. Holler at your neighbor and say, say no more quitting, no more quitting. The Bible says that those who wait on the Lord, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk. Same that happens at the walking stage. Same at the walking stage. Glory to God. But I'm just walking now. Glory to God. Matter of fact, I'm going to tell you this. I might even in my mind think I'm running and God's telling me, boy, you ain't running yet. You're just walking. You ever, you ever, you ever, you ever see somebody there a little, you know, bigger? And in their mind, they're moving so fast. And you're like, I'm like, you ain't, you barely moving. Man, I thought I was moving so fast. I was moving fast. You look like a turtle out there. What are you talking about? I'm telling you this tonight. Everybody in here who you think you're running, God said, you ain't running yet. I'm going to show you running. Because when I show you running, you're going to run and keep up with the horses. See, when God gets on your back, when the anointing gets on your back, when the glory comes on your life, you'll be like Philip who, who chased down a chariot. You'll be like Elijah who chased down Ahab's chariot. 
See, when you're running, it won't be in your own strength, man. You're going to be running, boy. But how many of y'all would say, I'm just at the walking level now. I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to walk. And how many of those same hands up will say, I keep running into hindrances? It feels like I keep getting delayed. Good, you're in the right place. Put your hands up again. Now this time, look around you and check out everybody else around you. Check it out. It's not just you. Somebody in here needed to hear that. It's not just you. It's not just you. Everybody here is learning this walk. Everybody here is learning how to walk in this, in this path of wisdom, in this, in this, in this way of, of wisdom, in this, in this path that God's given us. We're all learning this here. You ever seen a baby, when a baby first uh, learning how to walk? Man, it's, it's just funny. It's, it's cute to us. It's funny to us. It's probably not funny to the baby, but it's, it's, it's funny to us to watch them just... You know, they try to get up and stabilize themselves, just get on their feet. And the moment they get on their feet, they boom, you know, they just, oh, their legs buckle, they fall. They're wobbly because they've not mastered, you know, they, they, they don't have balance yet. And many of us, we don't have spiritual balance yet, so we're frustrated because we're trying to fall. And what, what, we, what the devil wants to do is go back to crawling. But you can't keep crawling. You're designed to walk. No, thank you, Holy Ghost, for reminding me. It has been said that a child is at the stage where they're able to walk when they are tall enough to reach their hand up and grab their parent. That's what's been, it's been said. That a child should be walking at the, eight, at the stage when, when the parent reaches their hand down and the child reaches their hand up and they make that connection, they're ready to walk. So once you know you're a child of God, once you know with certainty you're a child of God, now you're just ready to walk. Once you have your identity set, locked in, now you're ready to walk. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. I know it's been tough, but you're just now ready to walk. Explains why your knee's hurting. <laughs> right? My, we, we keep this little, uh, my sister's grandson, and, and so he's, once, once he start before he started really walking, he first of all just started pulling himself up. He'll grab a hold of, of a table or grab a hold of a chair and just pull himself up. He couldn't walk, just grab something and just pull himself up. And the, the moment he started doing that, we started moving things out of his reach. And the reason we did that was because he's, although he was tall enough, and although he was about to start, walk, to start walking, he doesn't have the mental discernment to discern between what's good for him and what's not good for him. So because we have oversight of him, we have to move things out. They, they, may, they may be edible, but he doesn't have what it takes to chew them. They may be good things. All things, things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So it, it may not be at his stage yet to have that. And sometimes people, and, and you know, he would cry, ah, 
cry and get mad. And sometimes that's how we look, crying and get mad. And God said, no, I moved it because you're not ready for that yet. It's not, not that I don't want you to have it. It's just that if you had it now, it would consume you. You, you would choke on what you're meant to digest. So I have to move it, it but it's, it's for later. It's just not for now. It's for you, just not for now. You and I have been feeling those delays. We've been feeling the frustration of those delays. But God has sent me to tell you tonight that as of this year, you are moving to a place because you understand you are sons of the living God. Now, there'll be no more hindrances, no more, delays, no, no more delays. You're ready to walk now and inherit and receive everything God has for you. Give God a praise if you receive that. All right, now, now. So we're walking. We're walking. And it says our steps will not be hindered. So there are hindrances to kingdom manifestation. I want to deal with just three of them tonight. I preached a message some time ago, years ago, I can't even find it, uh, called uh, Removing the Obstacles That Block Our Blessings. I don't know how many of y'all were around those many years ago. Removing the obstacles that block our blessings. There are obstacles that block our blessings. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these hindrances that have been set up by the enemy that get in the way of, that they, they delay us from receiving things God wants us to receive. All right, number one, let's look at Luke 11, verse 52, please. Luke chapter 11, verse 52. Because the first thing I want you to know is that Many of us are hindered by religious tradition. Yes, sir. Religious tradition. I am keenly aware of the fact that when you walk into a church like this, where we're spirit-filled and we teach faith and teach the kingdom, much of, if not most of, the teaching will rub you the wrong way. I got one, oh yeah. It'll, it'll challenge you and it'll be hard to swallow as Pastor Kim mentioned earlier. And, and the common uh, response is to regurgitate, to, to push it back up. I, 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 get, I don't want that. But no, what we got to do is, is begin to chew it, break it down more so that we can get it all down because it's for our good. If, see, if... Pastor, why you preach so long? Because I use so many of the scriptures. Why use so many of the scriptures? Because it's not my opinion. See, if it was just my opinion, I could just open the Bible, read a verse, close the Bible, and just preach for 45 minutes and be done. But I can't do that. I've got to give you the unmitigated word of God. Because that's what we're going to live by is the word of God. So when that happens, people come in this place, you know, you invite your coworker, you invite your neighbor, you invite your friend, you invite your family. Hey, come on, you're going to love my church. I love my church. You're going to love my man of God. He preaches so funny. You can come in there and, he, and I get up there preaching and I say something, something off the wall. Now, it's off, it's off the page right here. But in their mind, it's off the wall. And they can't stand it. What? Crazy. What is that? Why? Because their tradition has locked them in 
to unbelief. Unbelief is not no belief. Unbelief is believing something else. Nobody on this planet has no belief. Everybody believes something. Got it? Now Luke 11 verse 52, Jesus is talking here. <clears throat> he says, woe to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. So there's a key of knowledge to enter into the things of God. He says, you did not enter in yourselves, and those who were entering in, you hindered. Now when he says you law, he's talking about you religious uh, leaders. He said, you have taken away the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge is the word of God. How they're taken away? They're taken away by teaching their tradition. It's by teaching, hey, this is what we grew up on, this is what we believe, this is what we're supposed to do. And because they teach that, he says, he says, because of that, you don't enter in. And then anybody else who is about to go in, you don't let them enter in. You hinder them. So people, when they get exposed to the word of God, the true word of God, when they get exposed to revelation, insight, and then they turn back on the television, they go back and talk to their cousin, their grandma, you know, I don't mean pick on grandmas, but they go and, pick up, go, and, go and talk to somebody who, you know, they are traditional, and they tell you, that this is how I believe. You ever heard that? This is just how I believe. And you ain't going to change how I believe. You ain't going to change what I believe. What they're saying is they're so locked in their tradition, and it, it, don't, it, doesn't, it doesn't even have to match scripture. It's just what they believe. I believe it was three wise men. <laughs> I believe the shepherds and the wise men were there at the same time. That's what I believe. Why do you believe that? Well, because that's what the pictures all said. I believe Jesus Christ was a poor man. Why do you believe that? Because the foxes have holes and the birds have nests and the son of man is nowhere to lay his head. Well, did, did you check to see what he was talking about? No, that's just what I believe. Well, you got a problem with how you believe because that's not what he's talking about there. Are y'all hearing me? So what people believe, their tradition locks them in. And it says their tradition, uh, it hinders people. So we've got to make sure then that we're not allowing any tradition to hinder us. In other words, I got to go through and reassess everything I know, everything I believe, and find out does what I believe match what God is, His Word is saying here? Or am I still living on old tradition? The Bible says, Jesus said one time, your traditions make the Word of God of no effect. Is that right? All right, give me Luke 11, verse 52 in the Amplified Bible, please. Amplified. Luke 11, 52. Watch this. Glory to God. Amplified, and then we're going to go from there to the Living Bible. Amplified. Luke eleven fifty two. 52. He says, what are you lawyers, experts in the Mosaic law? So we know who he's talking about now, right? He says, for you have taken away the key, of, key to knowledge. You did not go in yourselves, and you hindered and prevented those who were entering. People, they were entering. This is what I'm trying to get you to understand. This is people, see, be, my, my wife and I always say this all the time, because it, 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 it pains us to a degree when people, um, when they, they leave or they, I don't mean just members, I mean people who they came in, they came a couple Sundays and they just couldn't take it. Because this is the thing we know, is that God in his 
love always gives everybody a chance. He gives everybody a chance. He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't be God, he wouldn't be just if he didn't give everybody a chance to hear revelation knowledge. So that's, that's hurt, man, man. They, if they had stayed, it's kind of like that, that guy, the rich young ruler who came to Jesus Christ and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus came and said something like, you know, you got to take what you have, sell and give to the poor. And he just, what? Now he was locked into his tradition because he kept all the commandments from a youth. But when Jesus gave him this new thing, hey, do this, sell what you have, give to the poor, and you'll, you know, follow me, you'll, you know, you'll have life and so forth. He couldn't take that. He left, and he missed the rest of the message. He missed the part B of the message. The part B was, no man who's left house, a mother, a father, a land, or children, or whatever, for my sake, in the gospels, who won't receive a hundredfold. He missed on the fact that he was going to get a hundredfold if he had done what Jesus Christ said. Why? Because his tradition wouldn't let him go with that. He was on his way to enter in. This is what this is talking about here. Those who were entering. So what happens is people, uh, you're, as you're on your way in, you, you sit around here long enough, you are about to enter into the kingdom of God. Here's what the Bible says. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Y'all okay? I'm going to take you to the scripture here. I think I got the right place, and hopefully, because I don't want to misquote it. Matthew 7, verse 13. Those who were entering, those who were entering. Now watch Matthew 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to what? Hell? No, it didn't say hell, it's destruction. And people through tradition have taught this as a matter of people going to heaven or hell. Jesus never mentioned heaven or hell here. He said, he said this is the way to destruction. He said, and there are many who go in or they enter by it, that, that, that wide way. He says, because narrow is the gate and difficult or straight or confined is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. So what happens is people come in, they hear, hear word is revelation, and they, uh, I, resi- I resist that, I reject that. Why? Because they're going to stay on that Broadway. And everybody else, this is what I've been taught. This is the way I've been raised. This is how it is. And so only few ever find this narrow way that leads to this life. But that's the way how you're going to get past all your hindrances. So what happens? They, they've heard it. There'll be, there'll be people, people even sit in a church like this for years, but, but their traditions still dictate their thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right? So people are hindered by religious tradition. Can I give you another one? Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, verse 7. Galatians 5, verse 7 through 9. Because secondarily, I want you to know, people are hindered, listen to this, you ready? By bad association. Galatians 5, verse 7. Watch what it says here. Ye ran well. Uh Uh-oh. What, just walking? You're running. He said, you ran well. He said, who?
was it? Who got in your ear? Ask your neighbor, who got in your ear? Who got in your ear? He said, who hindered you from obeying the truth? You were on your way. You were moving along swiftly. You were moving right into these things of God, man. You were like on the brink of, your, of a major breakthrough. You were going along fine. He said, who hindered you? Who got in your ear? Oh, man, that, that pains us too, man. We see people that get moving along well. And it's just, it's just astounding to us. People, they move, I mean, when I say move along well, they come in, you know, God gives them their little welcome package, and then they keep on going with God. Now they start getting a little manifestation over here. They get an all of a sudden new job and new thing, all this. Man, they move, man, they start moving the things of God. They learn it. They get, they get, start speaking in tongues. I mean, wow, they're doing all, all of a sudden, they just start tapering off. Start tapering off. Well, what was it, the teaching? What the teaching? Because the teaching is what got them there. It's, it's somebody else got into their ear. Hey, you were running? Who hindered you from obeying the truth? Verse 8. This persuasion, whoever's, trying to, whoever's persuading you, does not come from him who calls you. The one who calls you and the one giving you this bad teaching. Glory to God. Glory to God. Verse 9. Here's the issue. Here's the issue, Matt. A little leaven. Leaven's the whole lump. Uh, it's just, it just takes a little bit of leaven. Now, I'm not a baker, Deacon Mac, and I heard you are. Chris, I know he's a baker. Y'all, Sister Annie, y'all baking, you know. This Sister Garrett, there's other people y'all bake. I ain't going to call too many names. Because you got you to prove yourself. You know, you got you to prove you got to prove it. <laughs> you got to prove it. But um, it doesn't take much yeast to make dough rise. That's what leaven is. Just a little bit of it. Y'all did some cinnamon rolls or something the other day, didn't you? Terrible. You, <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You said it. I just agree with it. Terrible. Whoa. What did y'all do to them? Why would y'all mess up that good dough like that, man? That's a waste of good cinnamon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know what to do when I taste it. <laughs> oh my goodness! Mm, 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 mm. Amen. You have to try again. They try again. Praise the Lord. Just do it again. Stay in your lane. They said do some. That's paint. Let's do artwork. Let's do artwork. Oh gosh. But what I know is. <laughs> It only takes a little bit of yeast. So here it is. Watch this. Here it is. You're getting the, the pure, unadulterated word of God. You're getting the word of God. Bread from heaven. You're getting this all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. 
But all it takes is for you to get around the wrong water cooler. Get on the wrong YouTube channel. Come on, am I right about it? We got all kind of YouTube pastors out there, YouTube prophets, YouTube evangelists, everything. I mean, everybody got a Facebook, Instagram following. All that. You get on the wrong one, just a little, just a little leaven. And here it is. All, you are making all this progress. All of a sudden, everything grinds to a halt. He said, you were running well. Who did hinder you? Glory to God. Now, I, I believe I heard you say not what. Give, give me the King James. I, I believe the King James says what, I, if I remember correctly. Oh, no, King James says it too. Okay, good, good. So I, I learned that wrong. So King James, yeah, I used to say what because I'm King James. I mean, I wasn't taught it, told it right. At least I never did go read it. So, <laughs> so you didn't run well. Who did hinder you? So in other words, agree. It's, it's a who. Somebody you listen to got you off track, got you off base. Just, just, just add a little, little bit of, little bit of salt in the tank, little bit of sugar in the tank, little bit of, little bit of something the milk ain't clean. Sounded close to what you were being taught, because you know if it sounded totally different, you would have rejected it right away. You have enough maturity, you have enough discernment that if it was totally off the wall, you would have said, "Oh no, I don't believe that." So it had to sound, just had to be a little leaven. And it says that little leaven will, will leaven the whole lump. And what will happen, it will hinder you. It will hinder you. And so the progress you were making, all of a sudden, you like backtracking. You're like, what? What happened? Am I right about it? Give me this same verse in the, the CEV. Uh, verse, um, uh, verse... Seven in the CEV, please. Verse seven in the CEV. Watch this. You were doing so well until someone made you turn from the truth. Ask your neighbor, who was it? Who was it? Who did it? Who started talking in your ear? You were, you were doing so well. Now, when, 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 when he asking the question, he wants you to really, hey, get an answer and I'll find out. Make sure you know who it was and stop listening to them because they're going to hinder you. In other words, what Paul is saying is you're supposed to be a lot further along than you already are. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But I just want to encourage you tonight. If you have been hindered, God is saying as of tonight, no more hindrances. So some of us, we're going to make up for some lost time. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're going to make up for some lost time. Got off track a little bit. Yeah, I heard the wrong thing. It's all right. It's all right. Hey, 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 hey. We got it. Back on the right track. Back on the right track. Glory to God. Give me that same verse, please, in the Living Bible. The Living Bible. Glory to God. You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you? to hold you back. So that's how we got to start seeing it. People are interfering. Now, can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? In their mind, they're intervening. You got to catch that. 
in that person's mind, they're intervening. Hey, I got to help you because, you know, I know you go over that church way over there in the corner, back in the cut back there. That, that guy teach kind of weird, you know, and I just want to give you a heads up. I want you to give you give your heads up now. You know, I don't know if you Googled him or not. Uh. <laughs> I just want to give you a heads up. You know, that faith don't work all the time. That, that's, I, I just want to tell you, listen, don't get your hopes up too high now. He keep, he keep talking about all that good news and everything going to be blessed. And everything, everybody going to be blessed. Everybody, gonna, everybody ain't going to be blessed now. See, what are they doing? They're, they're, in their mind, they're intervening. They're trying to save you. They're trying to rescue you. I just want to protect you because I, I don't want you hurt. I don't want you to get hurt. <laughs> get hurt? If this were to hurt you, then I'll, I'll turn in my clergy collar, my Bible, my everything, and go on right to hell. This, how's this word going to hurt you? I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. This word, this word is here to help you. This word, this word has helped me. It's helped me out of every dumb thing I ever did. And I did some dumb stuff. You might have made some bad biscuits or whatever, but I, I made some bad moves, some bad decisions got in my life that had me told from the flow up. And if it wasn't for this word, if it wasn't for God redeeming my life from destruction, that was my own fault. Anybody having this stuff, it was your own fault? Okay. Okay. So they're trying to, so, so what, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, don't, don't be upset with them. But you might need to uh, put a little space. <laughs> because evil communication, evil company, the Bible says, corrupts good manners. So he, Proverbs 13, 20, he that walks with the wise will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. You don't want to be destroyed. Listen, that, that's why I encourage you. That, again, that's why I, I go through these scriptures and I list them. They put them on the screen. Check me out. If I'm saying it, then it doesn't match the scriptures, throw it out. Throw it out. But as long as I give you the scripture and we read it, and, and I'm not twisting it. I said, I'm not twisting anything. I don't have to twist anything. The word is plain and simple by itself. Glory to God. People have to twist it to make you think something bad. By stripes, you are healed. They'll twist it and say, well, you know, it doesn't mean healing, healing. It doesn't mean healing, healing. But what does it mean when it says by stripes, you are healed? Oh, it means like spiritually healed. No, it didn't say by stripes, I'll be spiritually healed. It said healed, healed. So they have to twist to make you not think when the Bible says, you know, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, that through a, a, he, he became poor, so you through his poverty might be rich. Well, you know, it doesn't mean rich, rich. What does it mean, Banjo? Well, it, mean, it, mean, it must mean, you know, rich in spirit. No, it can't mean rich in spirit because the Bible said, bless are the poor in spirit. But your smart self. You're trying to twist scripture to, to twist me out of my promises, out of my inheritance, out of my heritage, out of my birthright. This persuasion does not come from the one who called you. So 
while they're trying to intervene, they're actually interfering with your progress. Hey, but once you know, you can deal with it. Lord, that mercy is nine o'clock. Okay. Gee whiz. Okay. Um, let me give you this one more here. One more. First Thessalonians 2. First Thessalonians 2. I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was this late. Y'all okay? Okay, good. I was just testing y'all anyway. Testing the diligence of your faith. I want to make sure y'all have the right answer for me. 1 Thessalonians 2. Um, yeah, verse 17. Are you there yet? This is Paul talking to Paul the Apostle. Everybody say Paul the Apostle. Paul the Apostle. This is Paul a mighty man. Mighty, mighty man. I mean, dead, dead raising, you know, doing all kind of miracles and signs and wonders. But watch what Paul says in 2 Corinthians, 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 17. But we, brethren, having been taken away from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavored more eagerly to see you face, see your face with great desire. Therefore, we wanted to come to you, even I, Paul, time and again, but Satan hindered us. Now that just will rock the word of faith world all up and down. Satan can't hinder us. Paul said, Satan hindered us. Satan, Satan hindered us really time and time again. Satan kept holding us up. How do I deal with that? My word of faith self. How do, how, I mean, I'm a child of God. I mean, how, how, can, how can Satan hinder me? Satan can. Satan gets all in there. Thank you. Let me, watch this. Watch this. Look around you. Just look around you. You see all them empty seats? The person who sits right there, they, they wanted to come tonight. I'm not being specific. I'm just, I'm going to use this chair right here. I'm just, okay. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving an example. <laughs> every Wednesday when we're in morning prayer, those of you who are here on Wednesday morning, every Wednesday morning prayer, we pray, Lord, we thank you that God, you, you, you keep Satan from hindering people from coming to the house of God. Everyone who's planning to come tonight, we, we come against accidents. We come against all kind of incidents. I, I even pray, pray for people to not, to not burn their clothes when they iron them. You know how to iron. All of a sudden, you, you burn your clothes when you get ready to go to church. Now, I can't go to church now. You just got hindered. See, the devil do all kind of little stuff. That's little stuff. You on your way to church, you and your, your, your married folk, we're going to go to church tonight, we're going to praise the Lord, all of a sudden, we at home, all of a sudden, we start fussing. We just look down. We just start fussing. What is Satan doing? He's trying to hinder you. And come on, ain't nobody going to say much to me, but I know it's right. 
Get ready for church. I'm all excited. I'm going to go to church tonight. I'm going to praise God with all my heart, all my soul, my mind, and my strength. All of a sudden, ooh, my stomach. My stomach. What, what did I eat? What, what? Ooh. I'm talking about this. This is this real. Ooh. Ooh. And you think it's just what you ate. And what happens is if we don't recognize Satan at work, we allow him to hinder us. But what we should do is take our authority over the devil, take authority over the spirit of pain. I remember Sister Patricia a few weeks ago, one, she texted me one Sunday morning. Most of the time I don't get the text. I'm already on my way to church. She texted and said, hey, my body's not working. You were like something, everything going haywire. I'm just going to stay home today and so on and so on. Praise the Lord. Okay, well, be healed. And I always say to be healed. And then I look up, and here she is walking to church. Come on. <laughs> then I get back out to my car in the church, and there's a text came. I decide I'm going to walk this thing out. I'm going to get up and get dressed and walk this thing out. And she testified, what happened that day? That same day, all, your healing manifested. Why? She walked it out. She didn't let Satan hinder her. And so many times we allow Satan to hinder us because we don't recognize that it's Satan. We think it's just our stomach. <laughs> Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So he said Satan hindered us. Y'all got it for more minutes? Now I'm going to show you just, just real quick. Go to, go to chapter 3 and I'm going to show you uh, ways Satan hinders because he spelled it out. Look at chapter 3 verse 1. Therefore when we could no longer endure it we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Watch verse 3. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions. He identified one of the ways Satan is hindering him them is by afflictions. Everybody say afflictions. Now, afflictions, that word you look at in the Greek, it simply means pressure. It's pressure. It's trouble. It's tribulation. So the devil brings pressure on you. Come on now. When you walk, you will not be hindered. How many of you will testify that the moment you decide, I'm going to start walking for the Lord, I'm, I'm going I'm to try this thing. Better yet, I'm going to do this thing. And I just start taking my first step. And my second, I'm going to start walking. All of a sudden, here comes the pressure. Where did that bill come from? I didn't know nothing about that bill. I didn't know anything about that. Where does this thing, this thing come out of nowhere? What is this? What is that? It's pressure. That pressure is meant to make you stop in your tracks. Go back and crawl like a baby. You can't walk this walk of faith. See, he know you walk by faith and not by sight. He, he know you can't crawl by faith. You got to walk by faith. So the moment you decide you're going to walk by faith, he going to... Oh, Pressure. How the car just break down all of a sudden? Did the check engine light for did the check, Did the check engine light come on for real? And it may be nothing. I said it may be nothing at all. But that light on, on in, your, in your face while you're driving, you're trying, you're trying to act like you don't see it. 
But that light, what is it? Pressure. It might be just a gas cap. That happened to me, man. I remember we in one of our cars here going and, and uh, our mom and dad in town. I'm driving them around, you know, trying to make sure I'm, you know, taking care of them. All of a sudden, my check engine light comes. I'm like, not now. <laughs> not while mom and dad, I got to drive them around and the check engine light on the car because they're going to say, what's wrong with your car? <laughs> and uh, Paul Kennedy, check my gas cap, check the gas cap. So I went, checked the gas cap, put it back on, and the light went off. I said, whew. <laughs> but the pressure was on me. And I know y'all experiencing this. And your pressure may be in different areas, but you're getting pressure. Pressure is, pressure is simply opposing force. Pressure is pushing you through a straightened or tightened area. Okay, now remember we just read in Matthew 7, 13, that we're trying to enter in through the straight gate. It's a tight way. So the devil comes and opposes you, and he's going to put pressure on you in this tight place. Yes. Uh, and he's trying to press you into going back. Draw back. But we are not of those who draw back into perdition. But we move ahead to the full saving of our souls. So the pressure comes. So he said, afflictions. Everybody say afflictions. He says, verse, verse, in verse 3, for you yourself know that we are appointed to this. Verse 4, for in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer. There's another way right there. Tribulation. Everybody say tribulation. tribulation. This is persecution. This is burdens the devil's bringing on people. Glory to God. Let me keep going. Just as it happened, and, and you know, verse 5, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, uh, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. Verse 6, but now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us, as we also to see you. Verse 7, therefore, brethren, in all our afflictions and, in another word here, distress, in distress, mm. we were comforted concerning you by your faith. Now, please switch to that in verse 7 to Amplify. I want you to see what Amplify says on this first, verse 7, for this word here. It says, brethren, for this reason, in spite of all our stress and crushing difficulties. Has anybody in here, you don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to, been experiencing what feels like crushing difficulties? A crushing difficulty is something that, okay, this isn't just your average challenge here. This isn't just your average little thing. You know, this is, this is meant to crush me. The devil is coming after my head. He's going for my throat. He's going for my jugular here. This isn't just I got a little, you know, drip on my nose this here. This is not just a, you know, a little headache. This is, this is the devil is bringing something oops, upside my head. Crushing difficulty. This isn't something that, you know, I can fix with one paycheck. This is, this is a crushing difficulty. I can't even see my way out of this hole here. And I know none of y'all have been there. 
but I have, where we've been in a hole so deep we couldn't even see how, how in the world we're going to ever come out of this hole here. Crushing difficulties. We couldn't, we, we didn't have two nipples to rub together with four kids. <laughs> Crushing difficulties. Now what's happening? It's Satan trying to hinder us because he knows if we keep walking by faith, Robert, if we keep living by faith, if we keep doing what God said, we're going to come out of this hole. If you keep walking by faith, if you keep doing what God said, you're going to come out of that hole. And that difficulty that came to crush you, you're going to turn around, you're going to crush it. Romans chapter 16, verse 20 says this. The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. <laughs> so he's trying to crush you. God said, hey, I got him. I'm about to crush him. I'm going to crush the crusher. I'm going to trouble your troubles. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, what's the solution? First, first Thessalonians 3, we read that, right? We saw three areas where he tries to hinder. Look at verse 11. First, Corinthians, first Thessalonians 3, verse 11. Glory to God. It says here, here's Paul's solution. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. Now they're saying, he's saying, Satan has hindered us. So may God direct our way to you. To you. Now, I want to read that that same verse here. In um, let's see, give me the New Living Translation, please. May God direct our way to you. May God, our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, bring us to you very soon. Amplified, please. Amplified on that same one. There it is. May he, I'm just paraphrasing, guide our steps to you. Now, what is Paul saying? Now, he's not talking about God getting rid of the affliction, getting rid of the tribulation, getting rid of the distress, getting rid of the crushing difficulties. What he's saying is God, when he guides our steps, he's going to maneuver us around all that. Okay. If you're like me, when you drive out of town, go somewhere, I like to even do this in town, I drive with GPS. And when you're driving with GPS, if you have real-time GPS, like if you're using Google Maps, something like that, and it's real-time, you may be planning on going up 75 or planning on going up US 19 somewhere, but the real-time GPS knows that there's a, the traffic pattern has changed because there's accidents, there's, there's uh, things going on that will cause you a greater delay. So what, what, my, what it'll do on my phone is it'll come up and offer me a different route. And it'll tell me this new route will save me seven minutes. This new route will save me 35 minutes. Do you want to choose a new route? And I go, yes. Why? Because I don't like delays. And you don't like delays and God doesn't like delays. So what he says when God will guide our steps to you, what he's saying is he's going to reroute you around those things that are causing delays in your life.
because it's his plan for you to get where he wants you to be. It's his will. It's his purpose for you to get there. And so he's, he don't want us to lay. He said the whole world, earth is waiting to see the sons of God manifest. So I got to get you around all this stuff. I got to get you around people that's been holding you up. I got to get you around traditional teaching that's been holding you up. And I got to maneuver you around the devil who keeps rising up in your life to hold you up. So I'm going to guide you around him and get you to where I want you to be. Y'all got that? Now let's read one last verse. One last verse. Proverbs 4 and verse 12. Proverbs 4 and verse 12. That was our key scripture here. So 11 talks about the way of wisdom, talks about the, the right path for us. 12 here says, and when you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. I want you to see that in the Amplified Bible, please. Watch this on your screen, Amplified Bible, same verse. When you walk, your steps shall not be hampered. Your path will be clear and open. Everybody say clear and open. When you run, you shall not stumble. So no more stumbling. Glory to God. Now let's get to that same verse in uh, the New Living Translation, please. New Living Translation. Glory to God. When you walk, you won't be held back. That means, what's happening now, remember, God's directing your steps now. You will not be held back, and when you run, you won't stumble. Glory to God. All right, the same verse in the Passion Translation. This, this excites me right here. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me. Are y'all ready for some unlimited progress? Are you ready to move far beyond your, your own wild imagination? And you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So we're going to move into unlimited progress. You're going to look back and, and, wow. We used to sing a song, my soul looked back and wonder how I got over. Y'all remember that? My soul looked back and wonder how. That's how it's going to be. You're going to be at the end of this year looking back, how did I get this far? Well, the Lord was my helper. The Lord, he moved all the hindrances out of my way. Things that you've been trying to do for five and ten years that you just kept, <sighs> because hindrances were there. He's going to say, no, I'm moving the hindrances out of the way. Now, in a year, you're going to accomplish what you couldn't do in ten years. Your progress will have no limits. It tells me you can go as far as you want to go. Give me the same verse in the voice translation. You ready for this? Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. I want you to see this right here in the voice. I want you to see this first sentence. What does it say? So Look at your neighbor and tell him what it says. So Don't let the discouragement from previous delays make you stop. Did you hear what I said? Don't let the discouragement from all your previous delays make you stop. No, get going. Get going. That thing God gave you to do, get going. That, that manifestation he's been telling you about, get going. That dream he's giving you, that vision he's giving you, get going. Watch what it says. And as you go, know this, with integrity 
you will overcome all obstacles. Even if you run, you will not stumble. So walk in your integrity. There's nothing that's going to be able to stop you anymore. You can't be stopped. Remember dad, the Lord gave dad that word here two or three years ago. You can't be stopped. We can't be stopped. Well, he's saying all the hindrances have been removed from your life. Now that, that helps me deep. Because some hindrances I've had in my own mind. So my own hindrances were, we don't have enough money to do that. We don't have enough personnel to get that done. So we, we reduce things to a small level. Well, we'll do 50, 60 backpacks. God is saying, wait a minute. Your progress will not be limited. So now, let's go ahead and think big. And don't let the hindrances of our past make us quit. Don't let it make you stop. It's time now to get going. Because every hindrance, every delay has been removed from our lives. And when we listen to the voice of God, hear his wisdom, he's going to guide us around every single delay. Of the devil. And don't listen, the devil's going to set up more. He's going to bring somebody else to come help, help intervene. Somebody else is going to come along and say, hey, I just want to warn you, you know, be careful about that. No, 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 no. You're not going to be fooled by that stuff anymore. You're going to keep on going in the path that God has given you and watch. By the time you get to this point next year, you're going, you're going to be, this, this is bad English, way long down the road. <laughs> Tell you that you're going to be way long down the road. Come on, give God a praise if you receive that tonight. Be way long down the road. Glory to God. I, I, I used to hear Bill Winston say this, Dr. Bill Winston rather. He would say, if you've been going to Mississippi for the last 20 years and you ain't made it yet, he said, you're going the wrong way. You need to get on GPS and get on the right road, get on the right path. Get on the way of wisdom, and then God's going to move all the hindrances out of your path. And you're going to finally make it, make it to Mississippi, or wherever God has called you to be. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I hope you all receive that tonight, and, um, and, and chew on it, and make this. Um, God has already made a declaration to us, but abide by it. Get going and know there's not going to be any more hindrances. There's nothing to stop you anymore. There's nothing to stop you anymore. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God's moving out of, your, out of your path. And we're going to redeem the time. Make up for lost time. Glory to God. And uh, we're, we're not, now I'm not going to tell you you're going to get there ahead of schedule. You're going to get there right on time. You're going to get there right on time. Amen? Amen? Father, thank you tonight. 
for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have come to minister this word to us, Lord, this message about no more hindrances. Thank you, Father, that you are, you are such a, a, an all-seeing God. You know everything. You see way ahead of us. You know our, our end from our beginning, oh God. You declare the end from the beginning. And God, you know that the obstacles that the enemy has already set up in our way. And God, thank you that God, you know how to, mo how to maneuver us around every obstacle the devil has set up. God, thank you, Lord, that he will no longer be able to hinder us and delay our progress any further. Thank you, Lord, that there'll be no more delays. God, we even declare that we will no longer keep circling around the same mountain over and over and over again. But we're going to go ahead and move forward into what you have for us. Thank you, Father, that even, Lord, the time that we've lost is being made up, God. Hallelujah, Lord, that you will even restore the years that the locusts and the canker worm have devoured. You'll restore the years that we've lost, Father, traveling the wrong direction, God. Even you'll even restore the years that, that we've lost, God, because, because we got discouraged because we ran into a wall and obstacles and afflictions and stress and, and all kind of trouble, God. We think that, God, you know how to restore us and rebuild us and you help us get going. So tonight we declare that we will get going. Knowing that, God, there'll be no more limits to our progress. And I pray that each person in this place tonight, Father, that as we spend the days and the hours, the time in the book of Proverbs, that we learn and receive how to reign in life as kings, and that, God, we walk in our authority, we walk in boldness, we walk in our domain, oh God, and we know that anytime we recognize the devil trying to hinder us, we're going to use our authority. Your word says, Father, if we submit ourselves to you and resist him, he will flee from us. We're not going to be fleeing from him any longer. We're, we're going to declare that he flees from us. Put him under our feet. And so thank you, Father. According to your word, you said you will crush Satan under our feet shortly. So we're going to keep that dumb devil under our feet so you can crush his head just as you have promised. Thank you that it is so, Lord. Thank you that these people, your people will come into the fullness, the manifestation of everything you've said, that this will be our birthing year. It's our birthing time. It's your time. We agree with you, and we'll walk in it and receive everything you have for us to receive and do everything you've called us to do with it, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. Give God one more great hand of praise tonight if you receive that word. Glory to God. Glory to God.